This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. Beautiful. So great to see all you folks here today. Just good morning, and we have a wonderful service ahead for you. And just like, let's just take a minute, and just like, think about just letting this next hour in, you know? It's going to be a great hour. You're going to leave here with some thoughts. You're going to hear some beautiful music. You will not see me dance again, but you're going to get to see a lot of good, a lot of good things today and hear a lot of good things today. And, and what, I, what I want to share with you, you know, I want to share a bit about what my experience was like out there in California. And, you know, it, it, it started off really well because I got a text blast from the congregation at the bingo. Was that bingo fun or what? You folks look like you had a great time. And then, uh, you know, went through this conference, and, and what came more and more clear to me was just, just how important what we're doing is. Now, now the ground rules of the conference were, were, or the retreat were pretty simple. You couldn't use your phone, or as the teenagers now are breaking out into cold sweat, just as I did. You couldn't use the internet. You couldn't read the newspaper, thank goodness. You couldn't read books. You couldn't tell anyone your last name, and you couldn't tell anyone what you did for a full week. Think about that. So what was left to do, folks? Talk. Connect. You know, this, 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 this amazing thing happens when we get rid of all those things. And what we start to do is we start to really get a chance to, to hear and to see each other. Now, sometimes at New Church Live, I, for some reason, we have a lot of first-timers here, which is great, great to have you here. Sometimes we do things that are a little bit risky here at New Church Live, so we're going to take a couple of risks, and I always ask permission first. Well, most of the time. So do I have permission to take two risks? Yeah. Yes. All right. So the first is I just want you to hear us breathe together. So what you're going to do is you're just going to breathe in through your nose, and then when you breathe out, you just go shh. We're going to do that three times. And what I'm going to ask you to do is just really just listen to everybody breathing together. Are we ready? All right, breathe in. Last one. Isn't that kind of cool hearing everybody breathe together? It's pretty neat. That's known as being a conspiracy when you breathe with other people. Now, the biggest risk of all, and this is what it is all about. I don't know whether we're going to be able to do it. We could do it with 40 people, so I'm just assuming it works with 240 people, but we shall see. So I'm going to ask you to stand up. All right, get your Rebecca mojo on. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to turn around. I'm going to ask you all to sing one note with no prompting from me. Are you ready? Just going to sing one note. I'm not telling you which one. Ready? One, two, three. Oh, that's good. Give yourselves a round of applause. You may be seated. I love that idea that, you know, that we can all sing actually one note that somehow... We are programmed to do just that. Isn't that interesting? Without a lot of prompting, without teaching, we can all just sing a note. 
And that gets us into the idea that, that what we talk about here at church is we talk about those things that are universal. What in this theology was called the church universal. The church of one song, of one note, which, which pulls in many denominations, many perspectives, and comes to agree on these things that are really critically important in the human experience. Incredibly important. And, and as we go through this, we start to learn how to sing that song. We go through a set of flips where we were this and then we're that. We were this and then we're that. Last week, we looked at the flip from me to you. Now, the me to you there, what's important there, folks, is that the me, it's, it's, when it's the me to you, it's not that you lose yourself, actually. You gain yourself. You gain what in this, what we call here, your heavenly own your selfhood, but it's a real selfhood that can actually give, can truly give, because it's strong enough. Yourself, listen to this, yourself is strong enough to give. You have enough self-love and self-compassion that you've built a real foundation for your life. How many of us have way too much noise in our heads? Way too much. <laughs> way, way too much. I mean, that's what this is about. Like, like it's, it's not about the me that's all worried and frenetic. It's about the spiritual me. The part that can respond. It's peaceful. It's calm. It's silent. And it knows. And you just experience that a little bit with that breathing. You know, that, that self is what, we're, what we talk about in church. And that's where we try to get to. Now, this week, we're looking at law two. Law to love. We're looking at law to love. And, and I want to talk about what that law to love actually looks like. Like, how do you balance those things? The law and love. How do you put them together? And, and what does the Bible have to tell us about that? Now, the way I'm going to get at this is I'm going to be talking today about what in my business, the preacher business, is called the 13th disciple. The 13th disciple. Now, when I say 13, what's our mind go to 13 aside from Dan Marino? What does our mind go to? Bad, 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 bad. I mean, did you folks know, probably a lot of you know this, a lot of elevators in high buildings, what do they lack? The 13th floor. We all knew that, right? You know, they lack the 13th floor because we consider it such bad luck in our culture. And my, one of my goals today is to actually give 13 a good name. And, and so that we can see what those changes can be. In, I know that a lot of people who listen to us, who are with us, you know, they may not, they may not know a lot about Christianity, which is totally fine. I, you know, but Christianity was sort of, was sort of around Christ and 12 disciples who followed him. But we're going to look at number 13 today, the 13th disciple, who was, who was, uh, you know, a guy who almost got it and will get it. But it's a beautiful story about that, that kind of that flip, that flip that we all need to make. Now, what I want to start with, I want to start with this question here. What is a law of life you believed in your youth that has since been challenged? All right? What is a, a law of life you believed in your youth that has since been challenged? I want you to text me the answer. I'm going to be coming around too and just kind of hearing some of you. We're going to give 60 seconds up there for the online audience to give us, give us a chance to respond. So think about that. I'm going to come out in the audience and get some answers. All right? All right, folks, I want to get some answers from the audience. Somebody volunteered one that was really good, which was eat all the vegetables on my plate. <laughs> you know? All right, let's get, some, let's get some other ones here. There's some other beautiful ones. 
That I know what's best for me. That I know what's best for me. That could be like a law, right, that we have. And we believe I actually know. We all get this. Like you're getting a bunch like, amen, sister, preach it from the back there. When you ignore a problem, it goes away. <laughs> when you ignore. Wow. Jack, I don't know what you're talking about. Let's get some other ones. Who's got some other ones here? That you have to be right. They have to be right. I tell people, and you guys have heard me say this, any young couples, one of the primary things I say, you can be right, you can be married. Rightness gets in the way all the time. Let's get one from over in this half. Pennsylvania, Bernathan, and Philadelphia are all exactly the same thing. <laughs> Pennsylvania, Bernathan, and Philadelphia. I'm from the Berg. It's totally different. It's good. And one last one here. That they're smart people running things and that my best move is just to be quiet and follow them and keep my own thoughts that's quiet good. that's good all right now that those were so good please give everyone a rousing ovation for that there we see as an example like these these laws we have and they get challenged and they get broken down and that may actually be a really good thing so I want to read you a story about which disciple number number 13. And I want you to like put yourself in his place as his rules are being challenged and he's wrestling with that. This is from Luke 18. A certain ruler asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. You know the commandments? Do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not give false testimony, honor your father and mother. All these that I've kept since I was a boy. And that's the way he said, I, I got them off. I got them all. I did it. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, you still lack one thing. And see this again. I think too many of the times we see Jesus going, you still lack one thing. It's kind of a Darth Vader voice. voice. Think of it like a Burton Ernie voice here. You still lack one thing. That's the way I think you would say. Say, you still lack one thing. One more thing to go, buddy. And and again, like, you have to go back. This young man, this wealthy young man, was not actually, was not actually asking a question. He was telling a question. Big difference. He was telling the question. In other words, when he says, what do you need to do to inherit eternal life? He's like, because I got it, brother. Let me give you the right answer. Here Jesus leans in, leans in, leans in, and goes, one more thing, just one more thing. You still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor, and then you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. And then the line goes, and this is great. When the young man heard this, he became very sad. (laughs) Bummer! Bummer, bummer, bummer. So, so we, we look at this, right? Let's look at, let's run through some of the key lines here. Take a look at this next slide. Beautiful lines here. You know, yes, good teacher, what must I do to, to inherit eternal life? So again, like it's, he's telling that question because he's got the right answer. Then it flips into the next key part of this share. All these, you know, Christ lists him and he says, all of these. Let's say all with a big all. Ready? One, two, three. Let's, let's be real expressive with our hands. Oh, oh one more time. Oh. oh, I got it all. I've done it all. I am perfect. I am perfect. Hear me roar. 
Hear me roar. Because he's got all the right answers. And I see him kind of like this guy. Right? Like, I got all the right answers. I got all the right answers. Now, there's a challenge with that, right? You know, and as the band comes out, start thinking about it. And you heard that beautiful share where someone said, yeah, I thought I knew everything that was right for me, that was good for me. Wow. It's not quite how life works. And interesting, right? That, that this feeling like we understand it all, we get it all, we've got all the right answers. We've got this, our hand raised, we've got a beautiful tie in class, the teacher's called on us and we know the answer. And then we get asked to do one more thing. Because as the band comes out, what I want you to think about, the challenge with this is this. Very, very often, if we believe we have the right answer, like I have the right answer, that means I not only have the right answer for me, where am I going with this, folks? You know where it's going? I got it for you. How many of you want to be with that guy? Not me. You know that if I have all the answers for me. And I'd be glad to give them to you. That's known as advice. And yet, his system needed breaking. He needed to be sad. And actually, that breaking, that breaking, no doubt, by the end of his life, ends up being one of the biggest blessings he will ever experience. So, so what we're talking about here, folks, are, are patterns and patterns of thoughts that, that, that need to be challenged and, and in some ways need to go away. And here are some that are shared from our online audience. And, and before I read these, I want us to give a big shout out. I have a near and dear friend, a wonderful man watching us from California. Could we just say hi, California at three? One, two, three. Hi, California. There you go. We see you and we love you. So from uh, these are, this is another one from out west, that if you're not good, God will punish you. You raise your voice to gain attention. Isn't that interesting? Some of us learn to go quiet. Some of us learn to go loud. Both are patterns. Charm won't get you everywhere. I disagree. That's a joke, folks. I don't disagree at all. That I'm invincible. We shouldn't make any mistakes. That the best thing is to be nice to everyone all the time. That my job is to constantly just respect my own cost. That marriage was a fairy tale like a Disney movie. <laughs> my church was best. That I would go to hell if I did not follow the faith of my parents. That my parents were perfect. Answers are right or wrong. That was next week where we were looking at duality. Rules. Um, don't tell the Lord, but I'm working all day today. Uh, so those are, those are some of the different answers. And we see those, we see those patterns, right? And we fall in love with our patterns. But our patterns keep us from connecting. They keep us from being able to reach out and, 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 and connect around the bigger things of life. Now, what does New Church have to say about it? I love this. I love this. I would highly recommend you take a picture of this. It will not bother me at all. Because I think this is really important. Three ways that Emmanuel Swinburg said, like, yeah, these are real big challenges. It's where we're challenging, we're getting the means confused with the end. Let's, let's do a halvesies on this. So this side over here, you're doing the red. This side over here, you're doing the green. All right? 
So first, we place above. So belief is greater than loving other people. What I, what I think in my head is the most single important thing, including what I think about you. My beliefs about you. The second one, place. Religious knowledge, and I think you could just say knowledge, frankly, I think a lot of people do that. Place religious knowledge above life. So it's all about how much stuff I have in my head. Well, think about this, folks. Who would you rather sit by on the bus? Would you rather sit by the most loving person in the world or the smartest person in the world? Most loving. Isn't that interesting, right? Isn't that interesting? And the last one, we place the above the contents. Now, now you, you can kind of trace it down. I color-coded it so you could trace it down. So a lot of the time, I get stuck into to my beliefs. What do I believe? What do I know? And that the container's all important. Like how you look, uh, your container of life, how your life is put together, and all the beliefs I have with that, all the knowledge I have, quote-unquote knowledge I have around that. Uh, you know, I can fall into being the expert on just about anything. Kind of a struggle with that. You know, we can rapidly just become the expert, even though we don't know anything. We do that all the time. And there's another flip to it. We can also choose to love others, to focus on life, and to think about the contents. Loving others, life, and contents. So we can go down the red, or we can go down the green. Now, as you're looking at this, folks, what's, what's significant, I think, about, about faith, and somebody mentioned it here. Somebody mentioned, I thought it was really good. One of the patterns we can get into really quickly is kind of this either or. How many of you right now are thinking like, well, I'm not going to do the red list anymore? Right? Chuck has told me, Santa will not give me any toys if I do the red list. The reality is, it's a both and. The red is supposed to go with the green. The red is supposed to go. We're supposed to have beliefs that help us to love other people. What if I just had this simple belief that everyone in here struggles mightily with something? Would that help me to be a more loving person, yes or no? Yes. Yes. What if I had a belief that all of you have a soul? A soul. A soul that yearns for meaning and connection. Could that make me a more loving person? Absolutely. And what if I had a knowledge? I had a knowledge about life. I had a knowledge about how life works. Not like a prescriptive map, but just an idea that, yeah, that life tends to work this way. Real simple, folks. Life has highs and life has... Do we all know that? Yes, that's a knowledge. And somehow, I'm stealing Anne Lamott here, somehow grace bats last. Every time. I don't get it. But somehow, grace bats last. And that allows me to live into my life in a very different way. And the last one, place the container above the contents. That's real important. And I'm going to step over here for a minute to talk about that. Oh, look at this water. That's perfect. 
Let me get a little drink here as you guys take in my little props. So we have two containers, and, it, and it's so easy to get stuck in the container. I, I struggle because I, I, you know, I weigh too much. I need to lose weight. I can get totally stuck in that. I can get totally stuck. Like this morning, I'm worried about my wardrobe at New Church Live. Like, how am I going to look to you for? I know I look like a hobbit. It, it, and, and I should just embrace it. Like, I'm really trying to embrace my Santa self. You know, it's like, it's not bad. Little kids love me in airports. It's, it's good, actually. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Free Bertucci's for you. <laughs> and a blue moon. Um, you know, like, it's, it's so easy to get into that. How many of us wrestle with body images, right? You know, and, and you guys look marvelous, I'm telling you. Thank you. You know, but we get stuck on the container. And, and, and so, you know, but the reality is that the stuff, the coffee, because I love coffee, the coffee's the same inside. And the 13th disciple, he was, he was kind of all stuck into what the container was. The container for him was that he was going to be a good little, a good little boy. He was going to do it not just good, he was going to do it perfectly. Can we all say perfectly together? Could you say it in your perfect voice? Perfect. perfect. He, said, he was going to do it not just good. He was going to do it perfectly. And you can just see him. Like, I just imagine, he says, well, what do I need to do in inherit eternal life? And Christ says, we well, need to do this. And I see him having that mental checklist, like, done, 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 saved. Doo. The, the, the container is, is, is not that it's insignificant. Like, the container's nice. But the contents are where it's really at. How many of you have been surprised meeting someone where you, where you realize, like, holy cow, they got a lot going for them? You know, like, the container looks totally broken. And then you start talking to them. You've got a, you've got a belief and you've got a knowledge that there's more there than just the physical appearance. And all of a sudden, you're left with this just like, oh, my goodness. Oh my goodness, this person just has a wonderful way of seeing the world that I never would have imagined. What a blessing. I think the problem with like, say the number here, I think the problem with number, I think the problem with number 13 is that, that he was so into this container that the container became glazed over. Like all you could see, can you see the contents in this container? No. So it didn't matter whether you were really a good person or a bad person. All that mattered was that you followed the, that you followed the rules. That's all that mattered. So you couldn't see the inside. Now, a lot of people will go to the opposite of that and say, well, obviously it's about not following rules. No, rules are good. Rules are good. Rules are good. But they're not the point. They're not the point. All the rules are there for is to help us hold the contents. Like, like a simple rule, folks. Think of this one. And this is from my dear friend, Jonathan Rose, talks about this a lot. Like, like you think, um, thou shalt not commit murder, right? A real, real simple commandment. Like, thou shalt not. All right, I got it. I'm not going to murder anyone. Okay. Not that hard to do. Hopefully. And, and so I'm not going to murder anyone, but, but then we get to, to the contents. I, I start to understand the container differently, like, oh, murder. So when I talk about somebody behind their back, and I slice them down, 
right-size them, because that's my belief. My job is to right-size you. I slice them down. Is that murder? Yeah. And what Christ is saying here is eventually, you won't murder anymore. I mean, just imagine being lifted of that burden where you need to cut everyone else down to size. Would that be beautiful? Could we get a big amen on that? Amen. Amen. That would be so good. That would be so good. What Christ wants us to do is he wants us to understand this container. And what's the difference between these two containers, folks? Yeah, you can see right through it. So the real me, the heavenly own, the spiritual self, just radiates right out and you can see it. And see, please, all you're going to listen carefully to this, right? Promise? Promise, promise. As I start to see it in me and allow that light to shine out, I give you permission to do the same. All of a sudden, you have permission to do the same. Some of you, some of you are very good at this. You give other people permission for their light to shine as well. This is where Christ is trying to get him to move, but he's so, he's so married to this. He essentially says, give me the word, he essentially says yes or no, which does he say? No, can't do it. Can't do it. Now it goes away sad. You know, my feeling is God gets us all in the end, so eventually he gets it and comes back around. But this is kind of that journey of life. I think we need to go back, and then it starts to open up as we move forward to what this next slide has to say. Things start to shift, and we start to understand what is it that he's trying to get him to see. He's trying to get him to see this. When Jesus heard this, he said to them, you still lack one thing. Again, folks, I can't say enough. See that and hear that with a smile. With a smile. You still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. Then come and follow me. Then come and follow. Now, is it possible to bring kind of law and love together? You bet you it is. And I want to show you a really funny video that shows a police officer and a young man racing to an interview, bringing law and bringing love together. Take a look. for your speed going down 8th Street. 8th Street, uh, yeah. They yeah. turned off a 13th Ave yeah, and then you went... I told you, yeah, I know what you mean. After I get a tie tied and have a presentation and thought my buddy was home, but he's not, and I'm running behind ice. Okay, so, yeah, I was wondering why you looped down yeah, 8th Street and then yeah, back up Yeah, because that house that's one of my good friends' house and knows how to tie ties and I honestly don't know how to. Where's your tie? There it is. 
Why don't, while I do this, why don't you grab your proof of insurance and your driver's license quick? Yep, sir. There, you should be able to adjust it. Okay, thank you so much. Probably not the best now, but it'll work. Yeah, it'll work. A lot better than what I was going to do, that's for <laughs> sure. Thank you so Last much. That is my kind of police officer right there. Isn't that fun to watch? You know, and, and you, can, you can see there... You know, the way that law and love can go together, how it doesn't all need to about being right, like it can be a both and. And I think that's what we're being called to in this story. We're being called to, yes, be really aware of those patterns. And be aware especially of the patterns you have that push other people, including God, away. To push other people, including God, away. I mean, one person mentioned, you know, like, like that God punishes everything I do that's evil. God doesn't punish anything. Evil is its own punishment. Like if we're, if we're caught doing things, if we're doing things that are, that are challenging for us, it, we bring on the punishment. But just don't ever see God as like trying to pile on. That's not it at all. God loves you. God sees you. God loves you and sees you. That's the place to start from. And just that simple bit can start to pull so much of these things together. And what starts to happen, folks, then we get open. Sell everything. I'm going to have you say the last word there. Sell everything. Give and follow. So the sell everything, you know, that means like get rid of all that junk in your head. Get rid of all those patterns that don't work. Like that's what to sell. Get rid of that. And then once, once we get rid of all that stuff, then we're actually able to say the second word. Then we're actually able to truly, we're actually able to truly give. And it's not coming from a giving place. Like, like, like for me, one of the challenges I have is I way over function. So, so I can, I can be giving from a place, but it's a frenetic place. And my giving can be just about like, am I a good boy? You know, did I raise my hand? Do I have the nice tie on? But this kind of giving is different where, where like it goes away. All those tapes go away. And we're left from giving from our authentic selves, which means, listen, please, please listen, right? Please listen, please listen, please listen. When you're giving from your authentic self, you're giving what is yours to give. Does that make sense? When you're giving from your authentic self, you're giving what is yours to give. If I'm playing expert about something I know nothing about, I mean, no joke, folks, if you see me walking, you ask me directions to anywhere, I'm going to give you a guess. I don't really know. You know, that's not mine to give. Don't ever ask me a math question, for example. What's mine to give is what's mine, what God has given me to give to you. That very authentic place. And then, and this should give you chills because it's so beautiful. 
so beautiful. Then we're really finally able to hear Christ's call, which is to follow. Which is to follow. Notice, didn't say the word obedience there. <laughs> Said the word follow. A beautiful, beautiful language. And then when we can get that, folks, we, we, we come to this much bigger truth about life. This much bigger understanding. This line here. God can do more through my spiritual self than I can do through my ego. I would take a picture of that one too. Yeah. Can I get an amen on that one? Amen. You know, God can do more. Or you could just go real simple. God can do more through me than I can do through me. Just understand there's two different me's at work there. You know, God can actually do a lot through our spiritual selves. Ego, pretty hard to work with. Pretty hard to work with. Yet we can, we can actually start to do that. And then this can become the very beginning of wisdom. The very start of true wisdom. Wisdom, new church, is love in action. It comes from a loving place. And that love, folks, I want you to listen to this word. That love can become spontaneous. Can we all say the word spontaneous together? Spontaneous. Spontaneous. Like, say it deliciously. Spontaneous. That's a great word. You know, it's, it's, it's like it's spontaneous love. It's love where, where we're, just, we're just moving through the rhythms of life. And we're just able to love. I'm not all caught up in the container anymore. I'm more and more focused on the contents. I'm not all caught up in, in my beliefs and my knowledge and container stuff. I'm much more interested in, in, yeah, what does love have to say about this? What is this? How does this connect to life? How does this connect to the real contents of who this person actually is authentically and really? And then we can just move much more freely. I mean, folks, just take two, two versions of you at a cocktail party or a coffee party if you don't drink. You know, that one view that's, that's walking around, that's all nervous and is wondering the simple question, where do I fit? How many of us have been at that kind of party, right? Where that self, like, where do I fit? And then you're like, I hope they have a dog so somebody will, will play with me. Right? How many of us are looking for the dog? Right? Or, or we sort of, we work at hiding in plain sight. Like, like we're so nervous at the party, we pretend we have to go to the buffet. And then we pretend we have to go back and, and get a drink. And then we pretend we have to help set everything up. And then we pretend we have to clean up. How many of us do that? We hide in plain sight. And yet there's this other part that can just be spontaneously loving. But we got to sell some stuff. So that we can give. So that in the end, we can actually follow. And then what happens, folks, is we gain a fundamentally different view from our heart. Now, when that, when that happens, folks, our, our lives start to change. And actually, you're going to give the last part of the sermon today. So we are going to put a last question up there because we have a few minutes and I want to hear what you have to say. And, and here's, this, here's this very last question up here. What is the law of life you believed in your youth that has since been given a heart? That has since been given a heart. So a law you had, and now like it's given a heart. Like, here's one for me. This sounds so bad. I love to dance. I do. I liked when the drum went. I like to move and I'm horrible at it, but I love to dance. 
All right, you know, I, that's a law. I had a certain law in my head that you never did that kind of thing, and that has started to shift more and more, and now I really enjoy that kind of thing, and it's, that's been given a new heart. I don't know what it is for you. That's kind of a silly example, but maybe there's something more profound out there where you, where you had a law, and now it's been given new life. You know, a profound one to give profound one for you, like, like for me, was, was, was God is love. You know, I could say that, I had that as knowledge. I had that as a belief, you know, if you really pushed me. But man, has that been given a new heart. Holy cow. God is love. It's a miracle. I see it all over the place now. So I'm going to come around and I'd love for you to just answer, what is the law of life you believed in in your youth that has since been given a heart. I'd love for you to share that. So let me start over on this side of the room. Who would be brave enough to answer that? Love others as you love yourself because you can get caught up in not taking care of yourself and you have to take care of yourself in order to take care of others. That's, that's really good. You know, how many of us get caught just, well, the only part we read of that was love others, right? But that's not what God says. God says, love others as yourself. Very different kind of command. Thank you. That was very good. Anyone else want to answer another one? Whatever you do to the least of your brothers, that you do unto me. Matthew 25. Go home and read it 10 times today. Whatever you do to the least of these, you do to me. That whole idea that we don't find God up here, we find God down here. Isn't that interesting? One more? Do we got one more? Uh, Take 100% responsibility when I was a kid meant something like, it was about me. Take 100% responsibility as a higher level gets to the place where I'm not keeping score and (laughs) I can have true friendships. True friend. Yeah, that's so good. Look at, look at your phone picture, too. There's your responsibility, brother, right there. You know? That, that, Dave, that's beautiful. So we take 100% responsibility, but it's so different, right? We're not, we're not the 13th disciple thinking, I'm taking all this responsibility of doing everything right. It's, it's taking responsibility, like, for the least of these. For the least of these. And that starts to pull us out in wonderful ways. So think about that in your life. This week, think about like, yeah, notice the patterns when they come up. Start to go through like, all right, so I have my belief system. You know, I I have my knowledge. I have my container. But I need to start to see these other things as well. I need to start to see life and love. And what are the actual contents here? And just be curious. Don't try to overthink it or to do it right. Just be curious. God's going to show you. I promise you. He's going to show you. You're going to see some of those patterns fall away. And you'll see rise to the very top. You know where I'm going with this. What will rise to the very top is love. That's what will rise. So to close today's service, I'd ask you now to please join me in a prayer. I'm going to say a prayer. You're welcome then to offer your own prayer, to say the Lord's Prayer as you know it. Then Rebecca's going to come out. She's actually going to teach you a line to the last song, which you all can learn to sing. It's a beautiful last song we're closing with. So please join me here in prayer. 
So Lord, thank you for your presence here among us today. And Lord, help us to see those patterns in our life. Help us to see ourselves as that 13th disciple. So earnestly wanting to do it just so to do it right. And Lord, let us honor that place. A good place. A step on the journey. A means to an end. And then, Lord, allow us to step to a new place where we're willing to sell our thoughts, our opinions, our judgments, our patterns. Willing to sell that so we can say to others from the very core of our being, I see you and I love you. Allow us to be in that place, Lord. And any time, Lord, we hear 13 this week, let it be a reminder. A reminder of taking that step. That next step on our journey. That next step to you. That next step to those we love. And that next step home. Bless you, Lord. With overwhelming gratitude. Thank you for hearing our prayer. Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv.